0: This is Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success Podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about conversion rate optimization. Here to speak with me about the topic is Joris Bryan, who is the co-founder of Dexter Agency a remote team of conversion optimization specialists. Dexter serves high-revenue e-commerce stores and helps them generate continuous growth. Yours is also the author of Kill Your Conversion Killers, an extensive guide to e-commerce conversion optimization. Today, we're continuing our conversation about conversion rate optimization. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode on conversion rate optimization, make sure to check it out. I'm happy to welcome back Joris Brian, who is the co-founder of Dexter Agency, a remote team of conversion optimization specialists. Dexter serves high revenue e-commerce stores and helps them generate continuous growth. Joris is also the author of Kill Your Conversion Killers, an extensive guide to e-commerce conversion rate optimization. Joris, welcome back.
1: Hi, Stefan. Great to be back.
0: Well, last time we talked about what conversion optimization is, and you actually mentioned that you you don't use the word conversion rate optimization because it kind of is a little bit misleading. You like the term more continuous revenue optimization. We talked about why it is important to e-commerce businesses, what conversion goals can be improved, and more. Today, we're going to talk about how to build and test an optimization plan, how to improve user experience, optimize your funnel, and more. Let's dive into it. If you had an e-commerce store and, and, and you're looking into how to get more out of your current media investment in the form of optimizing how your site works, uh, increasing your conversion rate as as one point. Where would you start?
1: depends on how much traffic uh, I have on on the e-commerce, but let's say we have a decent amount of traffic, all right? So Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd I'd start with Google Analytics because basically the the question uh, you try to answer first is where. Am I losing money or where do I have problems on my site? So that's where Google Analytics comes in. And um, Google Analytics is a great tool, but it, it's mainly great to answer the where question. One of the other questions is why, uh, but that's harder to answer with Google Analytics. Anyway, so I would start with Google Analytics. And um, one of the first things I'd probably check is, is site speed. Now, site speed is one of those... yeah. I'd say hidden conversion killers, but it's not so hidden. I think uh, a lot of of sites lose uh, a lot of money because their site is too slow. And uh, so check the site speed, but don't check it overall. Look at speed per page type. So uh, look at how your product pages in general, um, how fast they are or how how slow they are, uh, your category pages. Um, Of course, you can look at the individual pages as well but um, typically, you, you'll find stuff on, on, the, on a page template level that you can fix. And then it applies immediately to all your category pages or all your product pages. And that's a lot more interesting, of course. So um, look, at, look at your uh, site speed. And um, then one of the other things I, I would look at is uh, your funnel, um, your checkout funnel. So look at where people drop off, um, where they drop off, let's not call it massively, but maybe uh, a bit too much. Uh, it's normal that people drop off at some point in in the checkout. Well, some people drop off at least. Um, but look at where um, exactly uh, it, it seems a little bit too high. And, and that, if, you, if you can Im- improve uh, those drop-off rates, then usually you're going to uh, see an, a pretty quick uh, impact on your revenue. So that's another place I would start. And then in analytics, I would also uh, look at landing pages um, and see which ones have a very high bounce rate Um, And again, you could do that at a template level, uh, like all your product pages or or all your category pages, but you could also do that on an uh, individual page level. And of course, bounce rate um, is just one metric. Uh, You could also look at your conversion rate, but uh, bounce rate could be due to a certain number of factors. It could be because your page is loading too slowly. could also be because there's a mismatch with your campaigns, which may help you find problems with your campaigns that you can optimize and, and save some money over there. But if you can uh, optimize those high-traffic landing pages uh, with a high bounce rate, that's typically also one of the good uh, places to start. I mean, we could talk for hours about Google Analytics, but those are probably the first ones I would, uh, I would check in Google Analytics. When I have an, an idea of well where those problems are, then it's it's time for the the why question. Um, and the why question, you will need some other um, uh, research methods. Now, um, interesting things are click maps and scroll maps. Uh, that's that's always interesting. You could um, uh, look. Of course, you can go through your site yourself as well. Uh, use a, a couple of criteria when you do that. Look at clarity, for instance. So we'll look at. Anything that um, it might be unclear, because clarity usually is one of the biggest conversion killers. If something is not clear to your visitor, they are just not able to convert. Um, uh, one of the typical uh, examples I give like is um, when you uh, want to book a an, an, uh, holiday villa, for instance, and you only see two pictures. Uh, it's not clear to you how, for instance, uh, the bathroom looks like. You're not going to book because you don't, it's not clear to you. So clarity uh, can be pictures; it could also be content. So um, look at look at your site and evaluate clarity. Evaluate friction. So how many um, things might cause frustration uh, and create that friction? Uh, basically, um, also look at uh, things like um, relevance. How how relevant is this information here on this particular uh, page? Uh, a distraction is not a big conversion killer. Um, look at. Are there any distracting elements that can be removed or that don't really add to add value to the page? So that's another thing. So that's more looking for the why. So it's you going over the site. It's not perfect, but it it definitely um, is better than not doing anything. And uh, you could uh, look at forms. Um, Typically in checkout, you're going to have some problems. Uh, Forms usually are uh, full of. um, Let me let me turn it around. Let's say forms. Uh, usually are made by developers not by marketeers and uh, i think forms uh, should be a main priority of marketeers or uh, if i would run an e-commerce i would not leave that over to a developer because they think very well let's make this form uh, and they uh, don't think like uh, don't always think like a customer and um, or like a marketer so forms are essential they're an essential step in your checkout and you have to Make sure they work correctly, that you don't ask too much information, that everything is really clear, that uh, error messages are clear. Because people are so close to that transaction that anything that happens um, will make them drop off. Um, and I like to say, like, okay, the, the, default, um, the default behavior of uh, – I think you have to <laughs> get up, Stefan. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, the, the uh, default behavior of people usually is uh, not to take – action so anything uh, any reason that you give them not to take action they will be happy about it they will just um yeah yeah so they, they will just drop off and if you do that in a checkout in a form then um yeah then that's going to be a problem so I definitely look at your forms there are form analysis tools out there that you can use uh, and one other thing that i certainly would do is uh, do user testing and really try to understand how people are struggling Uh, on my site you could do a bunch more stuff you could uh, look at your live chat if you have a live chat Uh, that's also one of the things that I would definitely set up it's it's really uh, uh, so that I have direct contact and and really understand what kind of questions people have what kind of pages people run into problems uh, so that uh, because every question people um, uh, ask you you can you can use that you can um, use that to um, uh, to add some extra content to your site to make uh, stuff clearer uh, to add information that they actually need to convert for instance. So that's where I would start. It's really looking at Google Analytics and then a lot of uh, more qualitative uh, research methods to understand why people are dropping off or not going through on the pages that I discovered uh, in Google Analytics. So in the in the first episode,
0: you also mentioned uh, user testing. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have enough data available it's 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 not a it's it's not a break so basically you can still do conversion testing do you do you have some good ideas or some good suggestions on where people can can find or where e-commerce store owners can find people that go through that that user experience are there specific sources online where people yeah. get these people
1: yeah that's a, that's a good question yeah we typically we use uh, platforms that have a, yeah just a bunch of, of uh, regular people who uh, try to make an extra buck uh, by uh, doing those user tests and um, so what you do is you sign up for an account at for instance usertesting.com is probably the the the, uh, the biggest one out there now if you um, if if you sign up for an account there you pay per Tester uh, that you want to uh, that you want to well recruit, so, and uh, it 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 goes very um very fast so you just uh, add a couple of assignments so you say for instance uh, look for this particular problem a uh, pro- uh, product on my site and then you they uh, you give them five six assignments usually and then they have to do it they have to do it they do it and they uh, you get a screencast of them doing it and they have to comment out loud and say what they think where they run into what what they think of yeah of your site and that is usually very valuable information so uh, you sign up for uh, usertesting.com account or others uh, out there as well. But I think that's uh, the yeah, that's uh, a good place to start.
0: Mm-hmm. Your, your your book is called Kill Your Conversion Killers, and and at the end of last episode, we talked about that. You know, there is not really a plan, like a fixed plan that you can just use and then you will be happy because all the problems are solved. But are there specific conversion killers that you see again and again? And if yeah. so, what are um, those?
1: Yeah, uh, although it's not always like 100%. Uh, I mean, basically you should test everything we talked about last time uh, about uh, the, the, I believe it was a currency symbol on the product page and category pages where it worked for one client and it, it was a loser for other clients and, and it didn't move the needle uh, for another client. So, um, But one of the things I... Uh, typically see is on a homepage is a lack of a value proposition and that's one of the things that when we test this as well adding a value proposition it almost always wins not always I, I believe we here had we lost once or so uh, but then you keep going because usually I need to test another value proposition because usually it, it works in the end and what it means is that when people land on your uh, on your site that they in five seconds they should understand why they should stay on your site and what your site is all about. And I'm still amazed till today is that um, like 90% of the sites, there is no value proposition. You land on a site, sometimes very randomly. You um, It might be that you Google actively for something, and uh, but it could also be that you click on someone's link somewhere and then uh, you land on a site and you don't really know what it is they do or what they sell. And... And and what really pisses me off then is then uh, within five seconds, I get a pop-up saying, hey, do you want 10% off? And I'm like, I don't even know what you sell. Um, And so, yeah, make it very clear when people land on your homepage, um, what it is that you do and why they should buy from you and not your competitor. And that's one typical uh, conversion killer um, on a category page, uh, on a homepage better, on a Mm -hmm. category page, for instance. um, One of the things I see happen a lot is is re, it, on on mobile uh, because they make the site responsive they're like oh we don't have much space so we need to remove some elements now what they do sometimes is remove uh, the filter options and the sorting options on a category page that doesn't really make sense because people on mobile they have a totally different mindset than on desktop on desktop removing the filters and the sorting options I'm not I'm not saying it's it's gonna work better it's not but it's gonna work better than removing it on mobile because on mobile people um, are are very task oriented so they wanna accomplish the task they wanna find the product they 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 wanna buy as quickly as possible and what does removing your filters and sorting options do it makes them it makes it harder to them uh so they they cannot accomplish their task that they came uh, to decide for in the first place. So um, that's one of the things that I, I see often is like, oh, we don't have enough space and they optimize it for the screen, but they don't optimize it for the user behavior. And, um, and, and uh, that's the typical one on a category page, for instance. What else? Um, yeah, I mean, those are, the, are typical ones. And then there's... Uh, uh, I'm very hesitant to say, like, you should always do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think if, if you, those two are, are are real typical ones, yeah. We started off this conversation today
0: with talking about where people should start their the kind of journey, their work when it comes to conversion optimization. You mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, go into Google Analytics, look at site speed, look at landing pages, which pages have high bounce rate, do user testing. Um, so that you get real feedback on how how people navigate your site, whether they identify or, or hit some hurdles that prevent them from moving on. Um, now that that you collected all that information, how do you go about building and testing uh, an optimization plan?
1: Yeah, right. That's a, that's a good question. So if, if you've done the research right, you'll you'll discover probably like a hundred or, or maybe even two hundred things that you're like hmm. This may be a problem. You're not always going to be 100% sure because that's where testing comes in, is to make sure that 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 you, uh, yeah, that you are sure. Um, but so there's going to be stuff that you can just execute. You can just implement it uh, because it's so plain obvious. Like site speed, that's not something you have to test, right? You just, yeah, you just do it. You fix it. You you, you make your site faster. But then there's going to be a bunch of stuff where you're not sure, and uh, you think it's a problem, but maybe there are different solutions also to that problem. So you'll have to test out which uh, if if it is a problem in the first place, and then which solution works best for you. So uh, that's uh, so the, the the way I would recommend doing it is make like one big uh, spreadsheet. And if you're not a spreadsheet type of person, uh, I can highly recommend Effective Experiments, uh, which is an, a tool. Specifically made for uh, conversion optimization, where you can put in all your test IDs, and it really helps you to uh, to keep keep it in a good flow. And it's a, a project management um, a tool specifically for A/B testing. But you can you can start off in uh, in in a, in a spreadsheet where you have all of, all those IDs. Now, what you do next is you score those IDs. Um, we give them a, a first rough score of one to five usually. So that's good. You could fine tune that uh, with models out there. There we have the Dexter score that we use. You could build your own model. There's uh, the PXL uh, score as well. So there's different uh, methods to look at it. But basically what you try to do is try to prioritize uh, which tests you're going to do first. Um, because if you have 100 test IDs, you're not going to be able to set them all up uh, at once. So you, you want to set the ones up that have the highest impact first. Um, yeah, and then the next step is, is building the tests, actually, and, and analyzing them. It's a little bit like
0: picking the low-hanging fruits first, right? You, mm. you, you want to, you will be able to identify issues with your site that are glaring, and, and that might not that might not take that much testing to solve. Mm. So start there before you go to the more complicated, where you might have to have several iterations of a test to identify the ideal situation.
1: Yeah, right. And and it, it, there's a lot of factors uh, to take into consideration. And one of them is, is development time, for instance. We see uh, all the time development teams are, well, Of course, we 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 test for clients, so we solve that problem. But um, when you do it in house, you're probably going to have a lot of projects for your developers uh, already, and then um, having some A/B tests in there as well, mm, that might be tricky. So sometimes you want to factor that in when you calculate a priority score um, and say like, oh, okay, this test needs only one hour of development, so we're going to. Move that up on the priority list because uh, we can set that up quickly and we can get started and create momentum. But sometimes it's also uh, very political. Um, that could be one of the, the the factors to take into account as well when you score uh, your test IDs. If uh, the ID comes from the CEO, you're probably not going to want to say him. Um, yeah, we're going to test that, and according to our planning, it's going to be tested in in uh, in, in May 2023. Um, that's that's not gonna work of course so it's it's political you want to move that one up because the idea came from the ceo is probably passionate about it so uh you uh, you want to set that up rather yesterday than today so um then you give it a higher score so it really depends on what factors are at play in 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 your company as well but add a a couple of criteria that are important to you uh, as a as a company and then look at stuff like okay how sure are we based on the research um so uh is it just a random idea that we came across in expert review but actually we didn't really see it in Google analytics on that page we didn't really see it in click Maps. we didn't really see it in user testing well then it still might be a problem but it's it's less likely um so try to yeah give some weight to different factors uh to determine uh, a final priority score
0: when people think about uh, conversion optimization they they probably Think about more moving an image from left to right on the page, changing an image, change the color of a of a you know of a button, mm-hmm. changing color on a button. Beyond that, what have you guys tested? In, in how can conversion optimization, or as you call it, continuous revenue optimization, uh, be done to increase revenue?
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean the smaller stuff. It does work sometimes. To be honest, we've never tested a button color. uh, And it may surprise you because that's a typical test that uh, a lot of people know CRO from. Um, But I, well, button colors are pretty easy. and uh, uh, even more, when, when I see a blog post somewhere about uh, we tested this button color, then I'm like, oh, this is a very bad source. So if you see that somewhere, don't trust the blog. They don't know anything about conversion optimization. Button colors are, are very simple. It's If you, your predominant color on your site is red, for instance then a red button will not stand out enough. And then it's going to be a green button. The other way around, if your site is predominantly green, your green button is not going to stand out. So it's not going to work as well. Just choose a contrasting color, and you're done. You don't have to test that. And um, that's the typical question, is red or green, which one works best. So uh, don't follow just blindly those blog posts that you read and say, oh, red works best there. And then you implement it, and it doesn't work for you. But uh, anyway, that's about button colors. Um, There's so many tests that we've we've run. and and sometimes it is in smaller uh, things because uh, let's be honest, when the kind of clients that are ready for or, or customers or well or sorry um, companies that are ready for A/B testing, they've already come to a point where they've well they've done certain things right. So it's not about a, a deadly site that uh, is not following a, any prototypes whatsoever. Um, and then they have to look at incremental increases um, from. Sometimes smaller stuff. Um, I think like checkouts. uh, Usually, if if it's um, that's a a good point to start. Um, I I notice people that think like, "Oh, well, one-page checkout—that's that's that's the best way uh, to go because uh, it's just one page. It makes it easier." Well, that's not always the case. Um, I would definitely recommend that uh, unless drop-offs are pretty low. I would definitely recommend testing a a one-page checkout uh, against a multi-page checkout because sometimes that works better because you break the process up into smaller bits and uh, it doesn't feel so overwhelming to users. So that's one of the more surprising things uh, for some people. Um, Sometimes it's in really discovering um, stuff from the research. Um, We've tested a couple of times. Whenever we see in a cart page, for instance, whenever we see there's a lot of clicks uh, on the product image in the cart, that means something. Why are people clicking in the cart on that image? What what do they expect to happen? Now, typically when and in e-commerce, when you click on that, it will take you back to the product page. Now, they were already in the cart. You don't want to take them back. You want to move them forward to the checkout. Um so what, when we see a lot of clicks on, on an image like that um, in, a, with a, in a click map, we, um, one of the test IDs we usually run then is um, have the uh, image gallery that you have on the product product page as well, you have that then on the cart um, because the hypothesis behind it is, uh, okay, so they're clicking on it, Probably because they want to be reassured that they are buying the right product, because sometimes products look very much alike, and it's a tiny picture uh, they they see on the card page. So, and we've we've had some uh, very significant winners there uh, with that kind of test. But it's it starts from trying to understand uh, the user and uh, what they are doing and why they are doing it. Um, also, uh, one of the surprising tests that we run is. Uh, making the footer small in uh in a, in, a, in carts um because a footer typically has like a bunch of links and you can sign up for the newsletter and there's a bunch of logos and you can click through to facebook and and whatnot um just by removing all that clutter in a footer on a cart page, which you would think is irrelevant uh yeah still worked um in a couple of uh, cases so um those are Not the typical things that you read about in uh, in blog posts, but um, it it usually starts from uh, trying to understand uh, what what your um, what your visitor is trying to achieve. Increasing revenue, as we mentioned
0: today and in, in, in last week's episode, can can be achieved by by several activities, and even without spending an additional dollar. How would you go about? And I know you know. What we're talking about now might not work for everyone, but in general, how would you go about to increase the average order value for an e-commerce store
1: yeah um, that's a that's a good one depends of course on on what you're trying to sell, but there's different ways uh, that you can try um, to to increase that average order value. One of the uh, things that you can try and, and, and I recommend testing that um, is um, having if you if you offer free shipping offer free shipping uh, As of a threshold, that is 20% higher than your current average order value. Uh, That might uh, lower your conversion rate a little bit, but the um, uplift in uh, your average order value may make up for that. But again, you have to test it. So that's one of the things. Uh, You could bundle products in a logical bundle, something that really makes sense to your uh, customer. And if you present that bundle, that might, uh, might have an impact on them. It might be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And they buy more than they were coming for. Uh, typically, of course, upsells and cross sells. And I know those terms are often uh, used um, interchangeably. But an, an, uh, trying to upsell means uh, trying to sell them a more expensive version of the product they were gonna buy. Uh, a cross sell is selling them something different uh, than what they are buying. So that there's there's it's, it's, there's a different different um, aspect to it. And um, an upsell, for instance, if you um, if they're watching. Uh, to well, they're looking at a product page and uh, for a certain computer, uh, and the computer costs uh, eight hundred dollars. Um, well, the products that you show under it, like the similar items or recommended items, that kind of section, show computers are, that are only more expensive than uh, than the computer they're looking at because they might buy a more expensive version. So that's uh, that's one uh, tactic that you can test uh, in, when it comes to cross-selling. Maybe one important uh, note I wanna make about that is that a lot of people make a mistake of trying to cross-sell the wrong products. And uh, what I mean by the wrong products is mainly about the wrong pricing. And the way to, to remember what you should be doing is think of um, when you buy a shirt, don't cross-sell a suit, cross-sell a tie. Because if people are spending $50 on a a shirt, not all of a sudden going to sell buy a suit of $300 uh, on top of it. Um, But a a tie of $20, yes, you have a chance of of selling that. So try to sell something extra that is of a lower value of the item that they're trying to purchase. Um, yeah, those are, are just a couple of uh, product uh, ideas of, of uh, increasing average order value. By the way, about that bundling, for instance, you have to advertise it as well, of course. So make that really clear, for instance, on a category page um, or on a home page or in your newsletters, uh, that kind of stuff. So those are uh, ways to do that. Another way that you can increase your average order value is with a bounce back email campaign. So basically people, uh, they buy a, a, an, an item and then you send them an email like, hey, if you order today, uh, we can this uh, this uh, cheaper item, so a cross sell item. Um, if you buy that today as well, then uh, we can ship it all at the same time, and you you add some timer to it. So that that works. Um, you could even on the on the thank you page, you could uh, try to uh, cross sell another item because at that time you already uh, they already bought something, and it, this um, an interesting um, yeah psychological uh, phenomena when people are buying something uh, they are. Yeah, what they call buyers in heat. So they they are very likely to buy again from you uh, at that particular point. So offering an, a cross sell on the, on the thank you page that could be um, that could be interesting as well. And there's uh, a tool like Cart Hook that you can use, uh, plays well with Shopify, uh, where you can actually have this kind of cross sell sequences uh, when, um, after people actually purchase something from you. So that's a that's a really good way as well to to increase increase your average order value. Interesting. So for me,
0: CRO it seems to be something like SEO. And when it comes to how long should you do it? You know, you you're not going to do an SEO project. Um, you do the audit and then you say, okay, I fixed all the problems. I can put that away and not have to worry yeah. about it. You actually have to continuously work on your on your website to to drive additional organic traffic. For CRO, am I right that this should is similar, so you need to continuously work on elements of your website and on your on your purchasing process to continuously move forward and, and push the needle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it's a, it's totally the same as SEO. And I know a lot of people think like, oh, well, let's do CRO this month and then we're done. That's not how it works. Um, it's about testing and from every test you learn and this is a cycle actually. So if you do uh, run tests, uh, then you will learn from a test result. Even if, it's, if it loses, at least you know that your hypothesis was not right. So, um, and you learn something and that will lead to other test IDs that m- uh, may be a winner as well. We've, yeah, we've been testing for f- more than four years now on some sites and we still discover winners and still a lot of winners as well. And uh, the idea is that as long as you, as as you make more money with A/B testing uh, than it's costing you, you just just keep going because it's making you money. So why why would you stop? And uh, things change, right? So uh, some of the functionalities change over time, but also cu- customers change. Uh, your your products may change. So there's yeah, it it it's not because you make some changes today that you're gonna have still have the best uh, version of your site in two years time.
0: So since since you need traffic conversions to to run conversion optimization, how important is it for for the person or the the company that does the conversion optimization to work together with the media buying company or Hmm. individual at an e-commerce company?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's, it's when you're running a B test, it's really important to understand um, the traffic as well. Uh, where is traffic coming from? Um, and uh, so that you can understand possible peaks. Uh, of traffic, maybe around Christmas, what kind of campaigns you're running um, and uh, so what kind of promotions are running because they, they can all have an impact on your A-B test. And when you evaluate your A-B test, you have to understand what happens on the traffic side as well. So, yeah, you have to you just have to talk and, and not work uh, just in your silo. You have to um, understand all of that. And then probably one of the final questions I have for you is, so we talked
0: about in the first episode about tools, and you mentioned Convert Mm -hmm. and some other tools to to run A-B tests, but um, are are there other tools that you say are important to have, for example, a heat map? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of shows you how people move across the site and, and, and what elements they're looking at, what elements they're interacting with more so. Um, are there any other tools that, that you would recommend an e-commerce company should use in order to identify hurdles or areas that can be improved?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of tools, I and mean, we I think we've we've got a blog post about of about seventy uh, e-commerce uh, conversion optimization tools. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them, but basically a handful of tools is enough. So Google Analytics, you already have that, and if you don't, uh, yeah, then you should get started today with Google Analytics. So that's one Hotjar. I definitely recommend Hotjar because it's it's so cheap to get started with it. Yeah, just just install Hotjar. Um, another tool that we use a lot is uh, Formissimo uh, for form analysis. Uh, you can actually do that with Hotjar as well, although I, I find it's not as good as uh, a specialized tool like Formissimo. And I think, uh, yeah, they just, in, in some kind of transition to a new product, that, um, Formissimo 2, what is it called? Ah, can't remember the name. Anyway, they're transitioning to a new name probably at some point you might get redirected if you uh, Google for Formissimo uh, and, and find another name there. But um, anyway, doesn't matter. So th- those are important tools. Uh, so analytics, Hotjar, Formissimo, um, what else? Uh, one of those user testing platforms, um, that's, uh, that, that's an essential uh, tool that you will need as well. So like user testing, for instance. And then the nice to have that is for us, really essential but that's because we, we test a lot is effective experiments um, that really helps you keep the overview of uh, of all the tests that you have and, and it's a great collaboration tool um, to know what stage every test um, is at and where the research ideas come from and, and it, it, we now for instance we can look at all of the tests we ever run which is over a thousand now and um, we I can say like, hey, um, show me all those tests that won on product pages where the hypothesis came from click maps, and I get a list of all those IDs. Which is that's awesome. That's that's why we uh, one of the reasons why we use a tool like that. But that's when you are getting really serious about A/B testing. I would definitely recommend adding um, effective experiments to your uh, to your stack. And there's a bunch of uh, more tools out there, but just uh, start out. Small. You don't have to spend too much money on, on tools just yet, and of course, convert. That's what we recommend for A/B A- testing. It could be another tool as well. You could start for, for free with Google Optimize, but uh, yeah, don't don't spend too much money on 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 tools yet. I would say spend some money on education first, or on hiring the right talent or the right agency, because tools in itself. And I, I know we're all digital marketers, and we all get hung up on on on, on tools because we think tools will essentially. Yeah, save our lives but it's yeah it, it's people working with the tools that make the difference the tools in itself don't do anything so um i instead of just having a, a huge stack of tools uh set some money up, apart for uh yeah for some education some training maybe on on conversion optimization if you want to do it in-house or or finding a good freelancer or, or, or agency to work with or in-house person
0: Okay. yours. thank you for joining me on the Performance Delivered podcast and sharing your knowledge on conversion rate optimization. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation here. Um, if people want to find out more about you and Dexter Agency, how can they get in touch?
1: Yeah, so um, you, you can learn more about us on, on our website, Dexter.agency, um, if you want to get started with Learning more about conversion optimization, I, I think uh, my book, Kill Your Conversion Killers, is, is a really good start because it's a hands-on, uh, it's a shameless plug of my book here, but anyway, I think it's, it's a pretty hands-on uh, uh, yeah, explanation of, of how you can actually do this yourself. Uh, that's that's why I've written it and um, just go to Dexter agency slash book and uh, you can find me on on LinkedIn uh, just look for uh, Joris Brion and uh, yeah there's one other guy called like that but um, yeah there's only one working for Dexter agency.
0: <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening if you like the performance delivered podcast please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application if you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience focused and data driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.